Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. All right, so we made it. We made it to the last session. And I think that's right, yeah, because this is Nathan's here, corporate worship. I know it's part of his. So this is where you guys are going next. You can see the breakdown of the topics. Okay. And so today we want to consider glorification. Again, the last step in the order of salvation, right? This is the final piece. And so I want us to consider what that looks like. Um, this is one, to be honest, that I hadn't, I hadn't considered deeply <laughs> and looked at maybe with, with, with depth. I, this is, there's a, maybe a little bit of an air of mystery around this, okay? So we're going to do a piece of this today. Glorification, as we think about that, is the end of you know, sanctification, growing in holiness, growing in Christ's likeness over our lives, and then Christ's return, judgment, glorification. What does that look like? You know, we, we think of heaven, naturally think of heaven. Heaven isn't part of what... <laughs> we're going to talk about. So that's a whole nother subject to unwind. And that one comes, I think the one at the end, the far end is Jordan Doherty, I believe. So he's got heaven as part of his, yeah, overall scheme there. So we're not going to get deeply into that, but we will think about, so, okay, what is glorification? Um, We'll want to be challenged a little bit to think about it potentially differently. So before we do that, let's get warmed up. Ready? This is the last one. You'd expect this one to be a zinger, right? All right. Uh, It's already spoiled, isn't it? To some degree? Okay. Wade, that got even less impact than... You got to work on these guys. All right. All right. Huh? No, 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 I take, no, no. See how quickly, you see, <laughs> see how quickly he backed away from that? No, no, I take responsibility for these. He's working on your sense of humor overall. All right, all right, so what we'll do today, quick review of our journey together, again, focused entirely on the end. What does this look like? Uh, this, this final blessing in glory, okay? Final step in our as we have persevered okay, as saints and the last event in the order. Okay? So like the other things we've talked about, there is a, an already and a not yet. So we'll talk about present glory. What does that look like? There's a piece of glory that we are part of now that we enjoy. right? As, as we're being sanctified, growing in holiness, there's glorification in that. And then there's a not yet. There's a future piece to glorification, which is the final. Okay? So we'll consider those both. And then... This one, I think, is a, I think is a little bit shorter overall in terms of material. So I think there's a little extra time at the end. So I'm hoping to have a really good discussion about application. And this can be today, anything else we've talked about over the course of the weeks. So think about what we've talked about in total. How is it affecting you, your thinking, how you approach the truth, how you've thought, you know, thought about things, implementing things, things you're doing in your life, whether that's prayer, worship, whatever. Okay, think about that. We'll talk about that at the end. Okay, so we've seen this many times. I won't go into it. But as we look at this process, as the Holy Spirit has called us into union with Christ, 
we've moved through these phases of our salvation, right? Again, some of these are simultaneous in time, but as we've gone through this, what is the objective? What is the final aim of this? So again, I think, I think this today may cause us to think about it slightly differently. It did for me in many ways. I've heard a lot of people talk about glorification, hopefully talk about where this is headed. Okay, so I want us to think about in your mind right now, okay, where is this headed? Look at the list. You say, well, Dave G, it says glorification at the bottom of the list. Yeah, but what, is, what is that aimed at? What is the objective of that? Any thoughts before we get going? Octavio. I would say glorification is when we finally um, reach our home in heaven and we, we, I don't know if it would be when we die right away or if, or if it is encompassing the resurrection as well. So I don't know if it, I don't, I don't know if dying and going to heaven is final glorification because I do know that the resurrection is an important part of that. Agreed. Being, being given our new body. Okay. So expand on that. What do you think? Of, what's the new body comment for? The new body? Um, it's one of Clarify your question. I'm sorry. Oh, you just me- it's this interesting concept. You mentioned the new body. What yeah. does that make you think about? Or what, what's in your mind as you say that? So God, so God resurrects us and gives us our, our, our bodies, but they are perfect. Okay. Holy. They're not yes. corrupted. Good. Excellent. Okay. Wow. Evacuate carefully and calmly. Don't step on anybody as you leave. (laughs) It's only a drill. It's only a drill. You're going to be fine. Lisa. (laughs) Nuclear. It goes off. Lisa. So that's exactly the perspective that I want us to take away from this today. If there's anything you walk away with, it is about the body, no question. Glorification has tremendous blessings for us now and in the future. And it is ultimately all pointed back to God. It's about glorifying Christ in the union that we have and the whole thing coming together in the end for the purpose of glorifying God. And the only reason I say that is I think we get tripped up a little bit about being somewhat selfish about it, like this is all for me. Oh, I can't wait for this. This is all focused on me and all the great things I'm going to gain as a result of glorification. But again, it's pointed entirely back at glorifying Christ in the union, God as well in the end, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so one, one word we're going to see come up is this word image, the idea that we image God. We are like him, right? We know in sanctification the goal was to be made more holy, to reflect uh, that holiness in our conduct, the way we carry ourselves, the way we think and do. Okay, so we grow more and more like God through our sanctification and the idea that we image God. So this is, I think, is a good, is is helpful, a good statement here. We are God's image, so he wants us to reflect back the glory shining out of him. When that reflected glory shines from us back to him, we become more like God. 
Right? Both God and we have glory shining out of us. And God receives more light because we reflect it back to him. So we can be said to glorify God. So an interesting uh, focus on light here. So we'll look here in a second at some Old Testament examples of how that light was visible. You know, it was a manifestation of God's presence. That light was visible. And then we'll talk a little bit more about maybe more practically what, how we experience that. And then interestingly, circle all the way around to the end. And what do we know about, what do we know about the heavenly city and, and the end in heaven regarding light? There's no sun Yeah. yeah, that glory is so tremendous, there's no other light needed. There's no lamps and there's no sun <laughs> because God's light, the glory, illuminates everything, right? So we'll circle back around to that, okay? All right, so let's take a closer look at the light. So Old Testament, right, God's glory was visible, present among his people. It was an adornment, okay? People actually saw it. When they encountered God in the Old Testament, we have three specific examples in the wilderness, Mount Sinai, and then in the tabernacle or temple. So the first one here, Exodus 16, okay. people are grumbling and complaining about what God's given them. Aaron spoke to the whole congregation. They looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So the light is in the cloud, hidden some ways, veiled a little bit into its ultimate intensity but the light is there in the cloud. Exodus 24, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. The cloud covered it for six days. Okay, so there it is. It's evident, it's present, and it's visible. And then finally, Exodus 40. The cloud covered the tent of the meeting, tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Okay, so again, this was a visible representation, God's glory shining out in light that could be seen. Okay, so again, we'll look practically here. God wants us to glorify him. We understand that, to reflect that light back. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I'm just thinking practically like a mirror reflects light, so we have to mirror and reflect God's Yeah, excellent. And we see in Scripture the mirror, the mirror actually used, right? So we'll look at that here in a bit. The mirror actually used to say, hey, it's a reflection. <laughs> reflect it back. Good. Other thoughts? Okay. So, again, practically speaking, glory refers to all of God's perfections, his character, right? All the things that are perfect about God. So, we've listed a few here, not all, but love, grace, goodness, holiness. So, for us to glorify God is to be holy as he is holy, good as he is good, loving as he is loving. To glorify God is to image him. He wants us to be like him, right? Okay. So as we work through the process of sanctification, we become more like God, and we reach the pinnacle of that in glorification. So from 1 Corinthians 10, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, always reflecting back to God the glory that shines out of him. Okay, so this is an interest, interesting one from Leviticus, Leviticus 11. Starts to sh foreshadow a little bit of the, the already and the not yet. For I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. So there's a command, you know, be holy as I am holy. 
For I am the Lord that brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God, and thus you shall be holy, for I am holy. So forward-looking, do it now, and then there's a forward-looking, you shall be, right? Looking, looking to the future, to our final glorification. Okay, so let's deal with the already and the not yet a little more, a little more deeply. So God made us in his image to have dominion. We know that Adam sinned in that, right? He's corrupted that. And so redemption has to restore us back to the glory that was forfeited by sin. And specifically, Paul talks about this transformation of moving from present glory to future glory. So we have in 2 Corinthians 3, Be we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image, the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. So there's a glory that's now and a glory that will come. We're being transformed, right? Again, we'll mirror that image. Okay. So this is probably not a surprise given the things we've talked about. We talked about uh, sanctification, right, and some, some of those concepts that our present glory is tied to sanctification itself. We actually get to partake in the divine nature, right, through obedience. We've talked about obedience a lot over the course of the last several weeks. Okay, so we share in the divine nature as we reflect God, God's glory and do the things that he does. So it's, an, it's a moral conformity to God's will. Does that surprise anybody? I mean, we've talked about that a lot, right? Obedience, moral conformity to God's will. That is a present glory for us. The blessings that flow from that now for us in obedience are tremendous. And you, we can't even imagine where it's going, glorification in the final state, right? Can't even imagine how, how great it is. But there's glory now through our conformity. Now this is, again, back row, sorry. <laughs> this is a lot of words, probably going to be hard to read. We've covered this ground before, but just talking about the, the blessings that are ours now as a result of this obedience, right? So it talks about supplying moral excellence, what flows from supplying moral excellence or this moral conformity, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, okay? These qualities are yours and are increasing if you practice these things. And it says, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. So there's something about moving, right, toward, moving toward this eternal kingdom, right, heaven, moving toward that that is abundantly supplied to you now. Right? So again, we shouldn't be surprised that our obedience brings uh, blessings now. Okay? okay, so let's explore the future, future glorification. Tell me what you think. What will it be like? What have you heard? What have you read? What are your thoughts? Future glorification. I've heard a few things mentioned already. So Octavio mentioned body. That's an important concept in this. What else? Face to face and not have to wear any 
and that, that is one of the, I don't know, maybe overlooked blessings is when we're like him, when we become like him, now the need for that veil is gone. There's no, we look right into his face and we'll see him as he is, right? Yeah, excellent. Good comment. To not sing? Sing, like to never sin again. Like that, I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, perfection. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah, it's going to be perfection, no corruption. Zero. Right? How will that be? Yeah. Good. What else? No pain in our labor. Yeah. Yeah. No pain in our labor. Right. There will be good works for us to do in heaven. Yes. After only two hours of standing on my feet giving out candy yesterday, I got up this morning and I'm limping around the house because my foot is on fire. I don't know why, but it is. Every day it's some new pain. Knees, shoulders, elbows, I don't know. Every day it's something new. No more. And that'll be great. It'll be absolutely glorious. Good. Yeah, you're, and you're hitting on the other, the other piece of this. So there's the body piece, then there's a the spirit piece, and you're starting to get into what happens to our spirit as God controls our spirit to be sinless as Christ was sinless, to be under the control, full control, not of your flesh, right? But the, the joy and happiness from being completely sinless. <clears throat> yeah. That's coffee. I'm not choking up. That's <clears throat> a coffee in my throat. Okay, so let's, we'll dive in here. So the consummation of our glorification has to do with both spirit and body. And we say that, I've heard, heard it both ways. I've heard people talk very much about, oh, it's completely spirit, the body's gone, absolutely not part of it. If other people say, you know, sort of heaven is just this like earthly thing where we kind of behave just like we do today, we interact in the same ways, but it's just that, you know, it's perfect and the streets are gold and, you know, whatever they, whatever they talk about. But it is really about both. So I, <clears throat> I have a, I'll just jump there. I had a friend, so I worked, worked with a group of people. One of the times we moved to Kentucky, <laughs> worked with a group of folks that we did very, uh, very physically demanding work, you know, in and out of the cold all day, up and downstairs all day, working with loading trucks and stuff, and it was, de- it was demanding. And so my, one of my friends was, I don't know, 32, I don't know how old he was, Pat, 30-something, young guy. Every day, oh, my knees, you know, I can't. He said, no, I, I'm that way now, but Pat was 30-something, you know, and complaining about his physical self. And he always talked around, walked around saying, cannot wait for my glorified body. Cannot wait, you know, for my glorified body. In his mind, it was all about him. It was like the ultimate physical therapy. He was going to clear all of his ills, which we will. But for Pat, it was all about himself and all about his body. 
I don't think Pat really had an understanding of the spiritual side of where glorification was going. But no, I understand exactly what he's saying, Dave. You do? Okay. <laughs> Mark, how old are you? 32. Whoa, it's the magic age. 32 and the knees go out. <laughs> it's your back. Ah, I forgot to mention the back's probably the more prevalent one. Yeah. All right. So it has to do with both, right? Spirit and body. So our bodies, not just our souls, will be raised in glory. Never again to experience suffering, sickness, or death. Never again. Resurrection body will be imperishable without corruption. Powerful. So I say, sound, sounds good, right? Sounds good. I mean, that is an amazing blessing for us. We can't even imagine it, what it will be like. But again, spirit and body both. Okay, so here, Romans 8. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Life to your mortal bodies. Your mortal bodies are the uh, bodies that can die. <laughs> you give life, life to your mortal bodies. Yeah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, as to the spiritual body, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It's raised an imperishable body. It's sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. Still a body, but a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Okay. So what is the spiritual body? We just asked that. If it references a spiritual body, what's that referencing? What are we talking about there? Ideas? Spiritual body. Silas. And we, so that's the ultimate example of Christ himself. We talked about this somewhat, but let's get in a little bit deeper. For, uh, so it'll be, our bodies will be spiritual, but not immaterial. Fully dominated by the Spirit of God, like Jesus. Again, like Jesus, sinless, uncorruptible. Incorruptible? Uncorruptible. Incorruptible. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The consummation of human nature in God's image. Humanity as it was intended to be, right? And we'll get into a few, we'll run through some scripture here real quick. This crown of glory, tell me about your thoughts on that. Many references to what we receive is a crown of glory. What is that? Oh. <laughs> crown of glory. Remember we talked about uh, how we will rule and reign, right? In the end, we will rule and reign with Christ. Yeah, so what is this crown of glory? It's mentioned several times in Scripture. Unfading crown of glory. Okay. Lisa. <laughs> so, yeah, that, and, and Frame makes the point, it's, it's another deep subject. He gets in some very cool 
deep stuff, and I didn't go down that trail, but it, it's, uh, you know, we don't think of Christ as independent from the church. We don't think of the church as independent from the Christ, from Christ, and where that comes together in glorification is we are completely one. So, yeah, agreed. I was just thinking, Paul, when speaking of the front of the church, is the elders, one of those, he says, you are, you are my crown of glory, you are a glory yeah. church. And in a sense of all the Lord is heaven, and it would be all those that the Lord has used yeah. to bring into the church and bring Absolutely. Christ. Good. Yep. Outstanding. All about everybody being in unity in the end. Um, so let, I'm going to run through a few of scriptures here. Pay attention to the words. It's interesting to me how often glory is talked about as riches. It's riches. And that kind of, to me, you know, brings the crown in a little bit too. This is so rich. I think it's said that way because we just can't even imagine it. Okay. So 1 John 3. We are now children of God. It has not appeared as yet what we will be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. We will see him just as he is, right? No more veil. We will be like him to the extent that we see him just like he is. Romans 9, what if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? He did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, right? The saints, vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory, prepared beforehand for glory. Ephesians 1, pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of his glory to this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, so we want to start talking about the hope of glory. You've heard that before, too. What is the hope of glory? What is it we hope in relative to glory? So we'll get that. We'll get there in a second. Second Thessalonians, it was for this he called you through the, our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2, for this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with its eternal glory. So a lot of speak as well about enduring, current suffering, comparing, a little bit of you just can't imagine. Whatever you're going through now, you can't imagine the contrast. It's worth it, this suffering, this difficulty. Um... It may be called burden in different places, right? Endurance here, enduring, enduring some sort of suffering. Here again, after you have suffered for a little while, 1 Peter 5, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Perfect, right? We are perfected. No presence of sin at all. And then here we have the unfading crown of glory. Right? You will receive the unfading crown of glory from 1 Peter 5. We will reign with Christ. Can't imagine how that will be. Okay, so let's go back in our memories. What is the first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism? Westminster Shorter. I'm sorry. What is the chief end of man? And what is the answer? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Glorify God. The glory goes to God, and we enjoy him forever. Yeah. 
So our glorification in the end is a glorification of Christ himself, and ultimately, this is God's glorification. It's pointed to him, okay? and it becomes us. <laughs> pointed to him, in the end it becomes us. So from Romans 5, we exult in the hope of the glory of God. So this was a little bit of a turning point for me a little bit. Do we exult in the hope of the glory of God, thinking that the glory of God is ultimately for our benefit, or do we exult in that glory, in the hope of that glory, understanding that it's pointed to God? I know I'm, I'm spending a lot of time underlining this point, but I want to make sure we get it. Oops. Wow. How did I get us so far off a track with one keystroke? I blew through all this. Hold on. There we go. Right here. Okay. <coughs> Romans 5. All right. So we'll, we'll kind of end here. I want to say one more thing about um, next classes, and we can get a little bit of your guys' thoughts on all of this. So here's where it kind of gets uh, sort of an exclamation point. When we, think of, when we think of the glory of God as the chief end and the goal of sanctification, right? We must appreciate the extent to which God, God will be glorified in the glorification of his people. It's about us, but it's really about God's glorification. This great truth of the glorification of the saints has not only as its chief end of the glory of God, but is really constituted by the exhibition and vindication of the glory of God, as illustrated by the word of the apostle when he says, what we just read, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's good reason for believing that the glory of God refers to God's own glory, not to the glory that comes from God and is bestowed upon us, okay? And then there's all this stuff at the end about eschatological finale, which, <laughs> you know, but it has to craft our understanding for the believer, what is the hope? The hope is in the union in the end, right? Not about our selfish, my glorified body, and I'm going to be, you know, strong and well and buff and whatever I'm going to be in my glorified body, right? It's not about that. It's about the glorification of God. Okay? This is where it's headed, what it's aimed for. Does that make sense? Yeah? I think it's simple, but I think sometimes we might think of it off a little bit, and I know, again, it's something I hadn't thought about deeply. Okay. So we'll end here. Again, I'm not Revelation 22. We're not going to talk about heaven. That's for another class. But this gets to where that is going, I guess, right? Back to the idea of light. So we talked about in heaven, in the heavenly city, there's no need for any light because God's glory illuminates everything. Pretty exciting, yes? Pretty incredible. Credible, it's truth. Incredible, sometimes hard to comprehend. <coughs> yeah, okay. Good. Well, that's what I wanted to cover today. So application, this is just you know, what we talked about, a couple bullet points. But then really, final thoughts. We've got, we've got 10 minutes left. We can, we can finish early. That's fine. But I suspect you have co comments. Application. Think about the classes, the whole series that we've been through now together. What application, questions, comments, things you've thought about differently, anything you would share for the benefit of the group.
Great observation. Yeah, think about all the schisms and divisions. What are they really based on? What causes them? Sin. Those will not be there. We will not have those issues, right? Unity. I would say because um, God desires to be glorified in the work that he's done in our lives, we don't wait for perfection to seek to glorify him. Uh, you know, like, uh, like Martin Luther said, like, uh, go and sin boldly. <laughs> it's yeah. like you can't, yeah. you can't escape, escape sin. Yeah. Just seek to glorify God. You yeah. know, don't sin intentionally. Right. But seek to glorify God, understanding that your sin is going to be mixed all up in it. And God's grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think our response to sin often is where some significant glorification is found. We, the way we respond to sin, how we are humble, right, how we repent how we deal with it. We said earlier, sin is present. We're not, we don't escape it now. It's here. But how do we deal with it? Yeah. And I don't pursue sin, obviously. We're going we're gonna to sin. When we do, what's our response to that? Does it glorify God in everything we do? Yeah, good. Yeah, and so, so well, think about children, sin, um, discipline, right? Working through that, disciplining ourselves, but disciplining kids is a good example of that. Has it changed our minds at all or fine-tuned things a little bit in terms of suffering and difficulty and what we, what we are dealing with? We talked about sanctification, this process, right? Dying to our sins, dying, dying, dying. Does it change your thinking on that? And again, the suffering is clearly there. We, we heard today... <coughs> sufferings and um, enduring things, right? It's an important part of our Christian life, our walk toward glorification. Does that change at all or no? <coughs> Where we're all really solid on, hey, you know what? Suffering's gonna come and I'm gonna, I'm gonna persevere. Good. I think it is helpful, to me it's helpful to think about difficult things we do that are either unpleasant or undesirable or I don't know what. Those things are just, you know, ugh. Sometimes I don't want to do it, but it glorifies God, directly glorifies God. Your, your, your interest in your kids 
raising them to be obedient and dealing with that now is probably a difficult thing at times, <laughs> you know, but it is glorifying. Great, good comment. Other thoughts? <laughs> you know, yeah. our, our flesh is hard. It, it desires sin. Yeah. But as we just say, yeah, the word says this, I'm going to do it. Because you have a slide up there about the power of God right there. Yeah. And that's a great, so that's a great wrap-up because remember where we started, this whole session is really about the work of the Holy Spirit. From front to back, it's the work of the Spirit in us, in this salvation series of events we go through, right? The Spirit dwells in you. The Spirit is power. The Spirit is with you in these struggles and difficult things, right? And don't overlook the Spirit, right? The Spirit is worthy of our worship and our praise and object of our worship and often overlooked. I think we feel powerless or helpless or we want to give up or whatever. And it's about leaning on that and staying and staying in the fight, staying in the battle. Yeah. Good. Okay. Any mulligans? No? All right. Let me, uh, we'll close it up here. Thank you for listening to Truth in Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, This is truth to live by.